Craggy's Connick Rugby Podcast. It's the post-match podcast after the defeat to the Bulls. I've got William Davis on the line from Pretoria. Good evening, Alan. How are you? Yeah, yeah. All good, William. Considering all things considering, I'm going to read you out a couple of stats here because you were there. You were at the match. Um, possession, Connacht 54%. Clean breaks, Connacht had five. Bulls had five. Defenders beaten, Connacht bet 21 defenders to seven from the Bulls. Offloads, Connacht had 10 to four. Connacht had 52% possession. They made 112 tackles and missed only seven, so they had 94% tackle success rate. They did. The Bulls had better, had, had only had an 86% tackle success rate. The Bulls won 10 turnovers to seven, but gave away 20 penalties to Connacht 15. How on God's earth did Connacht lose this game? <laughs> um, the Bulls were just better, I think, at certain phases of the game. Um, Jake White was quite interested afterwards. I mean, um, the penalty count was enormous. The game lasted two hours and five minutes. Uh, there's a lot of issues around that, um, which we'll talk about another time. But the water break is something he's obsessed about. And I don't blame him mm. because it just seems to come randomly. But anyway, back, back, back to Connacht. They gave away 14 points in the first nine minutes. No. There was no, in my view, there was very little wrong with that first Bulls try either. But it was I know there was, there was there was there was latch and I called it as it was happening. I went, they, uh, they, 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 it, it's just, it's a flying wedge. It was a flying wedge. They hit the ground before the guy had the ball. The two boys were linked onto him, and there's nothing you can do to stop that. It's illegal. It's been illegal since before I was playing the game. Um, yeah, Jake Jake White was of the opinion that within the 15 meters from the touchline, you can do that, and it's legal, and that's the law. Which was interesting. Wow. Um, that's that's his read of it. Uh, I thought the referee was awful. I thought he had a dreadful game. The th- two of the yellow cards were nonsense. I couldn't figure out. He seemed to want the TMO to make the decisions. And then eventually he would make the signal for the TV and off he would trot. Mm. One TMO decision took six minutes. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Crazy, certainly. Yeah, the, the clash of heads I thought was a crazy yellow card. That's just crazy a yellow card. Rugby, rugby, incident. Inc- rugby incident. Nothing about it. Um, bottom line for Connacht is it's the same old problems close to the line. They get these chances and they cannot convert them. They actually played well at times, but you cannot start every game fourteen points down. Yeah, you have to. You have to get something in there. There was the missed penalty. I don't know if that would have made much difference, but. And it would, then it, it, right would have been, it would have been nice to have had points on the board. So yeah, fr- from the start, and then uh, they gave away the sucker try right on half time. And I said in, in the match commentary, I said Connick really need to tighten it up here because the mm. seven and Julie seven points turned up. Uh, Andy, well actually, let's listen to Andy Friend and Jared Butler. Sorry for the interruption, folks. We'd just like to ask for your help. Um, to keep the Craggy Rugby podcast going, we need some support, whether it's financial with, for the price of a couple of cups of coffee a month. Uh, go to patreon.com slash craggyrugby and pop, you know, sign up and become a patron. Or if you can just spread the word about Craggy, um, let people know we exist. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Craggy Rugby Pod. Uh, we've got a website, craggyrugby.com, and as we've mentioned, you can support us at patreon.com slash craggyrugby. Thanks to everyone who has supported us so far, and um, here's the rest of the podcast. Andy, that's uh, third defeat on the bounce, and similar situations. Connacht had a number, started very slowly, 14 points down, had opportunities in the first half, but didn't create, didn't take them, and then... Sucker punch try just on half time. You, you, you know, if that keeps happening, you're not you're not going to get the wins column moving. Yeah, you're right. And what do you think's the cause? Because you had these opportunities. You know, the, I was commentating the opportunities on. You know, you're up there. We, William, we had multiple, and uh, yeah, we said the, the the message at half time, individual error is killing us, and we came out in the second half and we repeated that. So uh, it, it's very frustrating. The I'm always going to be a glass half full, so I'm going to look at the... You know, there, there were moments there where our set piece was very functional and actually either stopped or won quality ball. There was moments there where our defence held out a very good bullside and put them under pressure. There was moments there where our attack actually caused them some issues, but there were far too many moments where we had opportunity and we didn't capitalise. So... That's you know it's it's not broke for us, but it's certainly not where it needs to be. And and you're right, um, three games on the spin, we can we got a, a repeat of things that are happening. We got to fix that pretty quickly. What do you think is the slow start issue? Because it sort of happened last week a little bit, but tonight it was very marked. It you know it looked like the players were just slightly switched off, and you know the Bulls were. He were well in just to grab the opportunities. Yeah, I mean, the kick-off to the game, um, they kicked deep to the right, our, our bottom right corner. We kicked the ball out. The one thing we said going into the game, don't give balls access into the into the 22 because that's where they get their fuel. So within 15 seconds, we've given the balls access into the 22, which leads to a penalty, which leads to a five-metre line-out, and we've just given them what they want. So... Um, yeah, but that comes down to individual error, uh, which is exactly what we said there before. So, listen, we need to be better. We know that. Um, third game of the season, and we've got a bit of work to do, but we've got enough time to get it right. When you're chasing a game like that, I mean, Mac Hansen really tried to get himself involved. He, he chased around. He worked very, very hard. But the final ball there sometimes was just maybe a bit optimistic, and those situations became... A bit frantic. Is that something that also you want to get under control? That you're you're more in control of what you're actually doing. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'll pay a compliment to our fighting spirit because, yeah, and that's what Connor is. You, we had a lot of fighters out there, but we were individual in our fight um, often, and, and there was that frantic nature about it. But you know, there's a lot of character and a lot of strength and and uh, of, of character in that team. They'll never die wondering, but. Um, we'll die a slow, poisonous death if we don't get more collective in the things we're doing, and if we don't, if we don't eradicate some of those errors there. Monster up next week on the the new pitch. Um, get back Sunday morning. It's it's going to it's a fast old turnaround, and it's going to be a whole new experience playing on that because you haven't had an opportunity to even you haven't seen it completed. It is completed, I believe. I saw a photo today, so it looks pretty sharp. But um, you're right, we haven't trained on it. We've got a long flight back and then we've got Munster on Friday night. Um, but listen, we knew that coming out here. We knew what our draw was. Um, we, we expected a lot more from ourselves uh, out, of, out of these first three games. 
we now have three home games, um, Munster into Leinster into Scarlet, so um, they're all tough. But if we can eradicate some of those errors and if we can keep our fighting spirit and keep our belief, I know we can turn it around. Jared, the outcome again uh, dictated, as Andy says, says, by errors and some good bits of individual play. Um, what are you putting it down to when you're out there on the field? It was, it was a tough old game, but at times Connacht were, were on the front foot for quite significant parts of it. Yeah, exactly right. That, that was what was so frustrating about it because you see some really good passages of defence, of set-piece against a strong Bulls team. You know, that's, that's their, their bread and butter there. So, But like Friendy said, when individual error creeps in and you can't finish things off or you can't add that extra pass or a couple of phases, you just give the ball back to the Bulls and all of a sudden, you know, we're defending a all five metres out again. And it's, it's so bloody frustrating because, you know, we, we've been working hard, putting ourselves in a really good place, but at the end of the day, no one sees that. They just see the 80 minutes that goes in on the pitch on the, on the Friday or the Saturday, and uh, at the moment, we just haven't been able to put together an 80-minute performance. Do you think that's coming soon? Or, you know, Munster are going to be huge. They're not exactly flying either, so it's, it, Friday night is it's well up there. You need a big sports-grown night. Absolutely, it's coming soon. You know, I think one thing I can say is, you know, this group and... The preparation that's going into these games, it's, it's the best I've, I've seen it since I've been here. The, the preparation that the guys are doing, the conversations they're having, it's, it's, it honestly is second to none. And we're going to click soon and, and we'll put the performance that we're proud of. But um, we're not, we haven't done it yet, but uh, it's, it's definitely coming. And why not Munster at home? Well, I know some fans are worried that, you know, the coaches don't sound angry <laughs> at the end after matches, but I don't think I've ever heard him quite so angry after that first question that you gave him. I've never heard Andy give such a short answer to a question. He was, he was livid. Yes, he was. And he's every right to be because it's the same errors. It's the same. And the problem is they made seven changes for this game and the players that came in are still making the same errors. They're, they're small errors. Um... But they're key errors. Um, I thought Mac Hansen had a really good game, mm. but sometimes when he's at that type of pitch, he does throw the hail mary pass, or he tries something where you think, no, that's not going to work at this level. You've got to take the ball back into contact now. Mm. You've confused them and bamboozled them. Uh, the Bulls gave away a lot of penalties. They give away. 22 was the count I was given to 13, but maybe it was 20 to 15. That's too many penalties in a game. A referee needs to get control of that by simply saying, stop making the same things all the time. That's worth a yellow card to help the game. Yes. Yes, um, absolutely. I like. I, I looked at that referee and I think if, if there'd been a different referee, Connor could have conceded well over 50 points in that game. Yeah, I think it's... Because for me, it was, it was men against boys. If you looked at the contact... Connacht very rarely went forward. They had loads of possession, they had plenty of territory, but when they actually had the ball, they weren't breaking the game line with the same ease that the Bulls were when they had the ball. Now, you have yep. to look at it. You know, people were saying, oh my God, it's terrible. We've gone back to it. It's as bad as Bradley. The teams Bradley were playing were just Wales, Welsh teams and Italian teams. And, you know, they were half the time, they weren't their full teams. That was, there was only one player on that team that wasn't their first team player. And that was the loose head prop or the tight head prop. I can't remember which one. Everyone else was their first choice player. We yeah. don't normally play teams where they play all play all their first choice all the time. And we just are not quite 
capable of playing at that level, unfortunately. It's just the truth. I, I don't. I don't think we are. I think we're capable of playing better, though. Yes. I think some of. I think some of the some of the stuff that that happened, um, was actually quite good. And they did rattle the balls when they got the ball moving, and John Porch got a couple of chances. And but it was uh, so did Mac Hansen. They all kind of got half chances, but it was very harem scareum because once they went the fourteen points down, they're chase, chase, chase. Mm. And I'm tempted to say that. Better sides will come here. I'm th- I'd be fascinated to see how. If I, I don't know if they're coming here, but how would Leinster get on here? How would would they, if they had a, a, a would, would they struggle with the physicality, or would they be able to put their chances away? And and, and you know, clinically? Talk, yeah, talking about the physicality, like we were, they, they were given an average of three kilos a man away in the pack. Like that's that's a huge average. I, I think the back rows, their back row had twenty kilos on our back row. That's a huge figure to be looking at. And, Connacht, and and the one thing you have to say to Connacht, they kept going till the end and they kept trying and they kept, they, they were willing, they were willing to get out there and die. It's just yeah. the, quality, the quality isn't quite there. Yeah. And I, I do think the bench did well this weekend, which they didn't last weekend. I thought mm-hmm. the two props came off and did well. I thought um, Gavin Thornbury made a huge difference in the line out. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look 100% fit. Um, and Hurley Langton got involved. It was, it was just one of those games. But but you know the bottom line is they've lost three games. There there now remains fifteen games in the season in this competition. And well, well, my my issue isn't the fact that they lost three games. My issue is the fact they've lost three games and haven't looked like getting even close to getting a bonus point, either a try bonus or a losing bonus. And that's yeah, that's huge. They they had a half chance maybe this evening. Uh, because they did get those two late tries, and then you wonder maybe, but they made a couple of mistakes, and the, the Bulls got off the, the mark, and we had those endless, repeated uh, scrums, scrum issues, uncontested scrums, which, as my co-commentator uh, Brendan Nell pointed out, they're still pulling the ball in crooked, even, even, yeah, even then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they've got to start winning. They've, they've, they've got to fix this. They don't, you know, they're being backed into a corner now. And the corner comes down to three games are gone, 15 remain. If you want to get serious in this competition, you need to win 11 games and pick up 10 bonus points across all your games. So you're now needing to win 11 games and pick up your bonus points across 15 games. Mm-hmm. And the next two games at home, are very difficult. Munster aren't exactly flying at the moment. Leinster are just will turn up and probably well, Leinster, do. Leinster have do. yeah. Leinster went in and and bullied Ulster for most of the game. Uh, Munster what was had it? A, they, they, Leinster won by seven points in the end. Um, Leinster, Ulster had a chance to to get within three points, and unfortunately the the winger was carrying the ball in the wrong hand, and and Leinster guy knocked it out of his hand with about ten minutes to go. As he put the ball down, okay. it looked like a try until the DMO came in. So Leinster have now won three from three. Um, so, yeah. have, so have the Bulls. Um, yeah. So, I, so I'm that, looking, looking at what they're, they're, they're just going to eat us alive, looking at what they were doing to Ulster. And then you look at what Ulster did to us. Yep. Uh, obviously, there's the new pitch, which will, might make even things up a bit because they won't both be used to it. But that's, that's where they're at. And it's, it's about winning. Uh, you know, I've talked to 
Connacht brought down 33 players. I'd have mm-hmm. to double check this, but I've talked to 27 of them down here. That was part of the, the job I was asked to do by Connacht. Talk to most of the backroom team. You'll hear more of that. They've all talked about how well the preseason went and how hard they're working. And they are, but it's about winning. It's, it's wins is what you need. Win, wins breed wins. You win a game, mm. you win the next game. Or mm. you win a game that you've had to scrap like hell in and you get over the line and then you win the next one. But Connacht have, are not in the habit of winning games. They don't. No, they didn't no. win enough games last season, and they've made a start this season. And the problem is, realistically, you wouldn't hand on heart say, "Well, they'll beat Munster and they'll beat Leinster and they'll beat the Scarlets." If they can win two of those, then they've their toe in the door. Well, if you look at it at the current table now, admittedly, Munster and Scarlets have to play a game. But at the, at the current point, Connacht are on bottom. They've got they've let in one hundred and two points in three games, which is not great. But the next team above them is Munster, and the team above them are Scarlets. And then in 12th place are Osprey. So the start of the season doesn't look quite as as difficult as it did. And, and now no. the, Li- the Lions have just beaten Cardiff in Cardiff. Well, that's a big win for them. Yeah, it's 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 a even the way the game was played tonight, it at times it was like watching school age rugby. People were running around trying things. Both sides got sucked into this. There was guys passing the ball out and Running around, yeah. I think, I think this. yeah. Once, once they went fourteen 0 up and then had the other try disallowed, so effectively they'd scored three tries in the first fifteen minutes. They switched off. They wasn't. They did. It wasn't a competition. It wasn't a proper competitive match from their point of view, which is why, as you said in the commentary, it was just harem scarum stuff. It was harem scarum, and that's Connacht are quite good at that, and they did shake them up a bit. But when you do that, you have to convert your chances. You have to take one of the chances mm. and get your try and kick the conversion. And then they're thinking, oh, okay, these guys can can actually play it. But it was two very strange games down there, two very enjoyable games, great atmosphere tonight, not a huge mm. crowd, but about, about five, 6,000, they reckon. Mm. There's quite a few up above us. We were in the middle of them. Um had to be done in a slightly odd way. We we had to do it with one microphone and use an app because we couldn't get enough Wi-Fi. But it was worth it to be out in the middle of it. It was warm. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it was hot. It was hot during the day. It, next weekend here, at that kickoff time, be about 32 degrees. That's going to test people when they come here. Mm. It's a cathedral stadium. It's a wonderful ground with a wonderful history. Um, and they're very passionate about their rugby. Um, so and very, and, and very knowledgeable as well. You yes. Know, like I was, I yes, was, they are. That, that's what I, I actually really enjoy listening to their commentary when they're doing the commentaries from down there. So when you watch the URC thing to watch it back and it's the South African commentary, you're going, wow, these guys really know their stuff. Yeah, they do. And they're very serious about it. They're very serious about the spring. It's the spring box first. Uh, they're not quite sure talking to some of the journalists about this competition, but they do all say... It's better than Super Rugby for the type of rugby they want to play, and it's the fact that the players are not permanently exhausted and don't know what time zone they're in most of the time. Yeah, and yeah, because it took me a good five days to recover from coming back from the West Coast, and these guys were doing that stuff all the time. I was going, wow, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've got a long, long haul back, yeah, and there's a nine nine hour wait in Doha, which I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> 
I have spent longer in an airport, but I must admit my first vision of Doha wasn't airport wasn't particularly good. But again, when I get back, yes, I'll be tired, but my body clock will be yes spot on. Yeah. And if I go basically go to bed for a few hours and get up, yeah, and have something to eat and go back to bed and get up the following morning, kaboom, I'm back on my time. I haven't got jet lag. Yeah. And I'm I'm not trying to play rugby where I'm thinking, right, my body clock thinks it's X, but it's actually Y and it's this. And and, and that's training so, as well. It's, it's actually the training is the bigger issue yeah. to get back and train into their rhythm of training and whatever. So yeah. the, the game next week becomes even bigger now because Connacht haven't, not only have Connacht got a win, Connacht haven't got a point. Like not a single point. Well, that's, that's I suppose you could always have said maybe it would come to this. Uh, last weekend, John Dobson, just chatting after the game, said to me, Connacht's schedule is a disgrace. And he said, there's no excuse for that. It's not good enough. We have brought this up with Connacht. And, they, and they've said, look, they pointed it out, but the TV companies have a lot of sway, et cetera, et cetera. Let, let's look at the basics of this. They've had three away games at the, the front. Okay, two of them are in South Africa. You can't come down here for one game. You come down, you play your two games, that's it for the season. Hmm. But you cannot have a situation where the two biggest games of the season are now the first two home games. Yeah. That's, I've said it, it's ludicrous. Mm -hmm. And it's ludicrous if you're in the marketing department and you're in the sales. Let's be honest, it, it's the quality of the rugby that comes after that. You don't have a Leinster or a Munster. They're your big teams. Yeah. And this, this, this is a nonsense, but it really does put it up to them now. And they've got to turn all the positivity of what they've done in pre-season, which they talk about a lot, and the fact that they have belief in their systems, belief in what they're doing. Well, there's, you, you got to say, they got to produce the proofs in the eating of the yeah. pudding or whatever, whatever it is. And they're, they've got to get there. They, there's no point, you know, going out next Friday night and playing better but still losing because losing losing kills you winning winning fixes nearly everything in sport it does well this, this is if they lose next week it'll be the worst start to a season that Connacht have ever had in the professional era um, well that's that's some thought to consider and the last time they lost three in a row was Pat Lamb's final season they won the next mm. four games by the way not sure whether they'll win the next four games but that would be nice <laughs> Well, if they could win three out of the next four, they'd they'd be they'd be within range of being able to do something. Yeah. If they win two, they're hanging on. If they don't win that, they're they're going beneath the surface of the waves. Yeah. The only thing is, it is a topsy turvy tournament. You you know there are crazy results. There are insane scores. I mean, Ulster beating the Scarlets fifty five thirty nine. I mean that's. That's great. I'm sure there was a lot of tries running, but you wonder about just about the general quality of the game. The, last week's game in, in Stellenbosch was a higher quality game than this yeah. because this was stop-start and there was a lot of drop balls. And maybe that was humidity. There, it, it, It's not going to get down tonight below 22 degrees. So Ooh. humidity is a factor. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thankfully, my room has wonderful air con <laughs> in this hotel, which is, I timed it. it from the time I walked out of my bedroom door this afternoon with all the kit, and it took me uh, two minutes and eight seconds to get to the entrance <laughs> gate to the ground, which is a record. 
Yeah, so so now you're you're off for your lovely flight to Doha and then back to back to Ireland. When when do you land in Ireland? I land uh, on the same flight as the team at five minutes to seven on Sunday morning. Wow! So I will I will have been travelling for about twenty five hours, I think, give or take. I've I've set my alarm clock here tomorrow morning for four. I'll get by Uber at half four and I'll be at the airport. Sorry, I've got that wrong. I'll have to work it out. I have to be there two and a half hours before a flight at quarter past seven. Right. Connacht are on another Qatar Airlines flight, but they're on the later flight. So they will only have about two. So they'll find me in Doha, probably passed out in a corner or something. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll come over and wake you up and make sure you don't miss your second flight. <laughs> Uh, I, I certainly hope they do. I'm sure they will. And uh, yeah, look, it's I'm not complaining. It's great to get down here. It's been really enjoyable. Brilliant welcome. I cannot emphasize how helpful everybody has been mm. in the two teams, in the hotels. Uh, Connacht have been very helpful with getting the interviews sorted. I was doing a lot of that for them, but they... Honestly, they do work very hard. I've seen the schedules. You know, mm. the, the, this their day is very, very controlled. Yeah. Um, there aren't many gaps. Mm. They're unfailingly polite. And yeah. to me, they're all young, young men um, because I'm an old fella, uh, and they are. And this, similarly with um, the management, I've had some good chats around with other people. Very interesting approach. And most people go, Asher, who, why do you want to talk to me? Mm. But when you talk to them, you realize their job is very intricate. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, and so, of course, we, we want to talk to them because we want to tell the story. It's not yes, just about what happens on the field. It's everything that goes with it. The, the, the point is, Alan, nothing happens on the field without the people that are behind it. Exactly. That's, that's modern rugby. The, the analysis work, uh, the strength and conditioning, the medical uh, people who, who are here, uh, the dietitian making sure they're eating as well as possible, or fueling, as he calls it. It's not eating, fueling, it's fueling. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think the one the one role that seems to be missing is the one that Jack Bertwistle was doing before he left for Harlequins last Christmas. If you go back to the start of last season, right up to Christmas, Connacht were really hard to beat and were scoring tries and had a belief, and they just don't seem to have that. It's only a couple of percent, but it's that couple of percent up on the top of the head that seems to be stopping Connacht from really moving forward. Now, admittedly, there was a physical physical element to it today, but yeah, you do be, you do get the like the amount of simple mistakes that were made, unforced errors that happened today. People can complain about the coaches, but the coaches don't throw forward passes. The coaches don't kick the ball straight into touch, you know, under and in some well, cases not under much pressure. That's a very good point. We, you know, we didn't really discuss the fact that Connacht had a try knocked off for a forward pass. It didn't really have to be a forward pass if it had happened. They just scored. And I yep. think the, the funny thing is, I don't think the Bulls were that confident. I think they did get a little bit from going fourteen nil ahead, but they're very early in their season. There was a lot of changes. He he was being asked by the local journalists uh, a lot about the rotation policy, and he said, "We have to rotate. We cannot just keep picking the same people." Mm. So, I'm not saying this was a missed. I think last weekend was yes a definitely. missed opportunity. I think definitely. tonight is slightly different, but if you don't convert when you have clear yep. cut scoring chances or you get 
field position mm. and you make bad decisions, mm-hmm. errors, uh, individual errors or, or team errors in the dynamic of what you decide, it's not good enough. And they know that. Uh, they have a lot of time now. They're on the same level of transport as I am. They're not quite as early, but they have a lot of time to think about this. But they don't because they arrive back Sunday morning and lo and behold, they'll get one big training session in next week for Munster. Yeah. And then they've and they've got to face Munster. And obviously, all that's going to happen without Bundyaki, who is now essentially ruled out of all rugby until uh, the end of October. I I can't actually end of November. I, maybe, end of November. End of November. End of November. Sorry, he'll do the training. the training course. Mm. Now that is actually much more complicated than I realised. Right. Uh, that that involves supplying videos. Uh, to the or to the adjudicators, you can't just say you did it. Right. You have to fill in a ream of paperwork. There has to be organised videos. There have to be other players involved. There is also the use of um, just just that sort of technology. This is a lot of work for a week. Wow. Again, when you when you read yeah. it, you just think, oh yeah, I did the training. I I filled in. You know, yeah. it sounds like you did you did filled in twenty boxes on a tick box. Yeah. No. Uh, but they'll do that. But I mean, Ireland, I can't see Ireland playing them nope. against Australia because he won't have played any rugby. Exactly. Uh, where I'm concerned then is Gary Ringrose will probably get injured. Uh, well, Stu, Stu McCluskey have... was doing a decent job if he can stay fit. Yeah, he's doing a decent job. But it's just uh, Robbie Henshaw as well will now be back at 12, mm-hmm. uh, where he is a far better 13. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, by any admissions, he he let himself down, mm-hmm. and it's cost him problems with Ireland. He's let it, he's let his team down uh, in Connacht, and he's got to sort it out. He has to sort it out because that's the third offence. If you read the judgment, which is very long, yes, uh, it was a mid-level judgment, which would have been, I think, he would have got uh, six weeks. Mm. Then there was two weeks for the referee. Uh, which wasn't described as abuse because he didn't actually abuse the referee. He didn't swear at him, no. but he was overzealous. Yeah. And then there's two weeks for the repeat offence. Mm. Uh, so maybe it was eight. I, I, it's, it's worth reading. It's it's laid out. But effectively, then he got four weeks off because he pleaded guilty. He accepted the charge. He apologised immediately to the referee and the uh, other player who's yeah. had surgery and is probably out for six months that happens in rugby I mean it's but the issue is yeah yeah sorry I I go on that guy played on for another 10 or 15 minutes and made tackles and was it was intricate part of the try that sort of broke the game open for them so you go was it really Bundy that did that or was there something else that happened later on in the game and it just you know yeah yeah. but anyway that's a, a whole other story and the whole thing of it is, but he for leniency know, is or getting getting time taken off or being apologetic. Like Jesus, guys, come on. Anyway, we'll, yeah, take, we'll that, keep yeah. that for we'll keep that for another podcast. We'll keep that for another day. Um, interesting okay. to talk to Jack Jack Carty today. Maybe that uh, we could put that audio out. Yes. fairly soon. Yes. Okay, I'll throw that audio out. So we'll we'll get this one out as quick as I can. Um, and then we'll well I'll get Jack Carty because I didn't get around to putting Tom Daly out, so I'll put Tom Daly out as well. I should have put that out the other day, but real life got in the way and actual work <laughs> got in my yeah. way in that early kickoff. It does happen. Up. It does happen. Um, it, does. it does. Okay, and, William, uh, I'm going to let you go. We'll talk, 
Yeah, yes, sorry. I've got all my. I I got to start packing now and stuff. But that just involves throwing things into a case randomly. I hope, uh, <laughs> except for the broadcast equipment on on the good stuff. Everything else just gets thrown into a bag, and hopefully you, you put it, you hand it over to some chap in Johannesburg Airport, and hopefully it arrives in Dublin, as if by magic. Absolutely. Well, best of luck with your travels, and hope it all goes well. And have a good night's sleep, and we'll talk to you again sometime next week. Thanks, William. Uh, Thanks, Alan. Good night. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Side.